on, children. Come on, come on, wake up. Wake Ron, up. what's happening? Oh, your mother wants you downstairs in the rose garden. Come on, hurry up. You too, Christopher. Come on. Come on, come along. Your mother wants you right away. Eighteen years in the business. Private friends. Creative differences. Oh, good. I want some help here. I want all of these branches cleared out of here now. Caroline and Christopher, start clearing away all these branches. Start gathering them up. Go on. Get the wheelbarrow and the rake. Tina! It's just a very, very cinematic game. And the gameplay is just kind of whatever? Yeah. It's fine. There's nothing to complain about. It's just not... Well, actually, there is a lot to complain about, from my understanding. Actually, people people were very annoyed by some aspects of the gameplay. Like it's com- it's um, you can't not jump or something. Except- yeah, <laughs> you can't well, jump. So well, if you can't what- jump, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't wasn't so like repa- wasn't like repairing your equipment and crafting your equipment like really annoying. So it's one of those games that and as as gamers like to say who like to complain about certain qualities in video games it realisticifies video games so no no way. yeah no no more now if you uh take a hit from a bullet you're actually taking a hit from a bullet and you need to you know heal that wound if you're starving you're actually starving and you need That's to look cool. for food yeah but on paper for- on paper, yes, but then when you actually give it a try, it's like, oh, this is boring as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and this is not fun. This is like real life with more this, steps. It's like, why would I want to do this? Now, I'm not really talking that disparagingly about the game. It's it's it from what I've played of it, it's actually fun because they managed to like squeeze in the juicy parts to a nice contained funnel. But uh it it can it can be a slog for those reasons. That's that's the biggest complaint I've heard about The Last of Us was that it was a slog. I also didn't play it. I watched a playthrough of it. Uh-huh. Played a little like, bit. Like, yeah. When it came out. So we're talking a decade ago, I mean. Yeah. Okay. What what year? 2012, oh 2013, God. something like that? Yeah, that game was a big And deal. also, what's the premise? Oh, there's a uh, a fungal zombie apocalypse. Okay. Basically, it came out in 2013, yeah. by the way. Yeah, so a decade. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's about this guy whose uh, family is, you know, killed, and um, he kind of, you know, then years go by, and the zombie apocalypse happens, and then he finds this girl who is kind of immune, and he's tasked with transporting her across the country to get her to like this safe zone where they can kind of, you know, essentially harvest her to, you know, make a cure. Oh. Yeah, give away everything. <laughs> well, sorry. Give away the whole story. Oh, Adam. sorry about that. Yeah, but it turns out like then we're gonna use her to make a cure, and then it turns out no, we're gonna fucking kill her to make a cure. It's <laughs> it's listen. It's um, it's a gruff guy who has seen uh some of the most horrible things and has no will to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being forced to transport this girl mm-hmm. that he doesn't care about, mm-hmm. and he begins to care about her, and he becomes like a father to her. Yes, and that's that's in in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. That's the story. That's yes. what it is. Yeah, that's all it is. How's the girl in the show, by the way? Isn't she from Game of Thrones? Bella Ramsey? Yeah, she's a uh, Mormont. 
Yeah. Yeah, she's, I bet she's great. I bet they're both great. I need to watch this. Yeah. Listen, I watched the first episode of The Last of Us Show. Uh-huh. It's 90 minutes, by the way. Pass. <laughs> 90 minutes. <laughs> Fucking pass. We love movies on television, don't we? Um, <laughs> oh, I was just talking about this with you guys. Like, I can't do this. We're back to making movies. I can't do just throwing this. throwing them on TV. My it's, goodness. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's, it's two episodes in one. The first half is um before and during the events of the apocalypse as it is uh-huh and the second half is modern day plot right uh-huh. so it's the first half is a flashback essentially um look it's it's good it's good it's fine <laughs> but it's the chernobyl guys that did it right well not the yeah. not the director but the creator craig Ma- craig mazin mazin yeah, mazin, think, mazin yeah. something like that yeah same same guy. It's it's fine. I got really nothing bad to say. The actors are great. It's I think an it HBO looks great. drama. It looks great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm having fun with it, but I can't help but just look at it and go, "Are we just watching the next Walking Dead? Is that what this is right now?" Mm. And I was really kind of turned off by the fact that they're just. Te- I mean, maybe this is a stupid complaint, but they're just telling the story linearly. Like they're making, it feels like they're just kind of going through the motions, paint by colors, like, oh, story starts here, ends here, and here's the story. It's like, right. I I just, while I was watching it, I couldn't help but think this entire before story with his daughter, who we know is going to be dead by the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anybody who's played the game knows that. And if you haven't played the game, why are you watching (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna watch it Yeah I'm gonna watch but, it It's but, it's the but, Yeah go ahead So the entire time I'm watching this Where they're You know it, And there's an After director commentary Kind of thing Where they basically admit They go We basically wanted to try To trick the audience Into thinking Or fall in love With this character And think she's gonna be around For the next 10 episodes Right That was like Literally the goal Which yeah. is I think the stupidest approach Would have been way better Drop me right in the action We're in an apocalypse Don't give me any backstory and then better call Saul penultimate episode. Just go back to the beginning. <laughs> like don't, I, I don't want to know who Joel was. I want to know who Joel is. And then I want to know why. Yeah. I got to be honest okay. though. You know what I mean? To compare it to walking dead. We'll see. Yeah. And I, I don't remember exactly what the critical, con- critical consensus was at the time. Although the show was pretty, of the first incredibly season? popular yeah the first few seasons but i remember thinking to myself it was not too far after i watched lost for the first time and lost the entire conceit of that show is that they're on the island but every episode is really about what these characters did before they got there you know and the island stuff is kind of just the macguffin to carry us through it's entire you know the whole thing is is a prolonged flashback and walking dead did none of that Walking Dead just dropped you off, like you said, Nick, just dropped you off in the story and didn't do any flashbacks at all. And I kind of, I don't know, I kind of like me some flashbacks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you missed the flashbacks. Yeah. It's not treated as a flashback, though. That's my point, is it's just told linearly. Right. Well, I okay. love it in, in in the first season of The Walking Dead just because it completely throws you off center. Like the, I mean, they, you're, you're putting Rick's perspective, so... Much like him, he just wakes up and he's in it, and we're kind of 
wake waking up in, in it with him. Yeah. So even I got, though I it's actually, just tw- twenty seven days later. Yeah. 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 Which I love. I, I what, completely aped that shit. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it works. It doesn't really it doesn't take away from the fact that it works very well. Yeah. They could have saved themselves a lot of headaches though if they realized the flashback thing earlier because I think later as the show went on, I quit after like season seven or eight or something. But wow, you went twice as long as I did. I know. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's the see how long you can watch The Walking Dead without quitting challenge. I still remember the exact episode I stopped. I, I will I will say to The Last of Us favor though that story in Last of Us is much better and those characters are way more yes. compelling. No, but I'm just saying but, like it's an easy cheat. Like and they realized later on and they did all these spinoffs. I think one spinoff was specifically about the origins of the virus. You know, as it was happening in a different location it was at the end of the show. Yeah, no, yeah, that that sucked. But <laughs> if they realize season two, oh wait a minute, let's actually lean into the characters rather than just shocking you with killings. Uh, I think the show could have lasted a lot longer. Well, I mean, it did last very long, but it could have, I think, maintained its following a little bit longer. Not sucked for longer. Well, there you go. That's the word I'm That's looking it. for. I, I want you guys uh, later today, tomorrow, this week, whenever, whenever you get a chance to watch The Last of Us show, uh, I want you to watch the whole thing, and I want you to think to yourself, if these first 45 minutes were the second to last episode of this first season, would it have been better? Because I guarantee you the answer is going to be yes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I just like, mm-hmm. I, I really think showing us this backstory was a major misstep, especially because they're, they're screaming in your face all of these little details about his daughter that you know are going to come up later. Uh, and I would have liked it so much more if the show sprinkled these details and then all of a sudden one episode, it's like, oh, this is why he, that affected him that way because of his daughter. You know this, what I mean? This is a show that I love, but the Queen's Gambit starts similarly hmm. to what, uh, how you're describing. I haven't watched Last of Us yet, but I, let's just get to the fucking chess. Let's just <laughs> get to Anya Taylor-Joy. And that's a big barrier to entry. Now, that show still did very well. It was, it, you know, the ratings were... Uh, Incredibly high for Netflix, but I mean that's a real test having a sit with that little girl for an hour in the orphanage before we get to the actual chess matches and before we get to the star of the show that's on the posters. Do they they don't like change casting with like time jumps and shit? Do they? No, because Game of Thrones with the House of the Dragon did a similar thing. Um, no, they're not going to change casting. So so did the so did the movie we watched today, which we'll get to. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're kind of right though, Nick. The 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 art of the pilot. Is kind of a lost art form. Well, I mean, it seems like Nick is more in the minority on this because a lot of people seem to really love this approach. I mean, again, I haven't watched it; I have no idea what it's really like. But uh, it just, yeah. it just, yeah, but that's fucking not, nerds though being like. And again, I'm not going to judge the show, but it's like nerds being like, "Oh, it's so fucking loyal to the source material." It's people that got right. mad about Super Mario Brothers in the '90s not being loyal to that source <laughs> material. You know, it's it's all video game people approaching it with that all video game movies suck mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they're getting something that's faithful, and they see that as a win. Yeah. Right. This is not even really a criticism because I, I think the the casting, the look of the show, the script, I'm into it. Like, I think it's good. I just think they made a, a misstep here okay. by uh, wanting you to care about this character. I think I think, again, the daughter, I think I would care about her a whole lot more at the end of the season meeting her for the first time, because by that point, I care about Joel and I care about what Joel cares about. Do you know what I mean? Right. At this point, I don't. Why do I care about this girl? I just met her. Oh. Right. So. Check it out. I, let me know. I will watch. It is 
an HBO show that airs on Sundays that everyone's talking about. So I'll I'll watch it. I mean, the, the we video haven't game had a, we haven't part. had one of these in a while. I feel like since uh, Saul ended. Um, yeah, I haven't had, I haven't <laughs> had a weekly show. Is that sh- that's crazy. <laughs> well, no, just I mean, no, there just haven't been anything. Even before Saul was on, there hasn't been much to watch every week. Yeah, I feel like the House of the Dragon conversation is pretty over and done. Oh, oh that, that was bad. rough. Yeah, that I didn't was finish it. fucking rough. Meanwhile, it won best drama at the Golden <laughs> yeah, Globes, right, yeah. <laughs> costing me money in the process. But it wins best <laughs> drama, and the guy uh, whose name I am blanking on, but he is the director of the show. Uh, well, eh, it'll it'll come to me. Uh, it, insert here in post. Um, but uh, <laughs> he, oh, Miguel Sapochnik. I didn't have to Google it, and this was not in post. Came to me, uh, so he goes and accepts the trophy, and with like two of the actors from the show, and he's like, "Hey, this was great, thanks." Meanwhile, you like read the tabloids, and he quit the show like a few months ago because really? they wouldn't let his wife on as a producer. Oh no! So he's like accepting <laughs> the award. He, everybody stayed home because they didn't think the show was going to win. And the only guy that showed up is no longer like a part of the company. <laughs> it was so awkward. Oh, that's it's funny. like, no one believes in the product that they're making here. They're just doing it because they're trying to advance the IP. Bad vibes. It. That's the only thing. Like there's nothing technically bad about this show. I just, it didn't feel heart. Mm. I didn't feel effort. I felt very much like we have the source material and we're just going to copy it and put Pedro Pascal's face on it. <laughs> right. And that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. Like, that doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Yeah. Sometimes that's good enough. Yeah, sure. But, I, I would agree with that. Well, I, I, I mean, I'll, I've heard a lot of funny things about it, though. I've heard that it does a good job at diverging accordingly from the source material as well. I think that's fair to say. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, I, I am excited to watch it just because I don't have that, you know, built-in bias for the video game. I've only played it, like, five times in my life. I've never beaten it. <laughs> only I've, five I've, times. Yeah, yeah but, I haven't <laughs> thought about the game in eight years. Yeah, for like, for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> I've only spent five long weekends doing nothing but staring into the abyss of viral fucking zombie mushrooms. I will I will uh, say, I think you will <laughs> love the zombies. Well, the zombies are interesting. I, I love this. this uh, I've always liked this approach to zombies because it's based partly in reality. Uh, obviously, it has nothing to do with humans, but if you've ever heard of this very particular fungus that affects ants... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Adam. They spend the first 10 minutes explaining. They do? Oh, hell <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> Again, this is another one of my criticisms. Oh, boy. Take that. Tack that on to the penultimate episode. I don't need to know why they are the way they are yet. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, that's a... Yeah, they actually explain it with the, the answer. The way now? they explain it is... I almost want to use the word clever, but I feel like that might be a little too nice. <laughs> it's giving them too much credit. Okay. But it's basically they show a clip of talking to scientists back in like the 80s about like the next big pandemic. And one scientist throws out this wacky theory about fungus taking over the world, basically, mm. and scares everyone. Yes. So okay. it's a guy who like predicted it like two decades before or whatever, that kind of thing. Okay. Mm. Okay. I don't know. What else do you want to get off your chest in TV land? <laughs> oh, boy. I watch Kaleidoscope. It's it's basically a bad Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah, this show looks so dumb. 
it's so it's Ocean's ne- Thirteen. <laughs> it's like it's like what I like to call Netflix good. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so, fine. Trash. Right. Right. Horrible. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not much um, of a sell. <laughs> it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm not gonna say that. But um, I am I am a, taking a little bit of a, a beef with Netflix for this whole marketing scheme of oh you can watch it in any episode order you want. First off, I don't know if you knew this, uh, you probably didn't, but every Netflix user got the episodes pre-assigned to them in a random order. So your order that Netflix gives you to watch the episodes is actually different from other viewers Uh by default. That's kind of weird. I don't know why. However, continue, continue. the, The only rule I had read in the marketing was you can't watch the white episode until the end. That's the only one that has to be last. Right. Um, the white episode, you can't yeah. watch till the end? Yeah. Yeah, all of the episodes, it's like violet, pink, red, yellow, green, whatever. Do they distinguish between violet and indigo? <laughs> what? Oh, you're going to get in the color debate now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think indigo is a uh, an episode, so you don't have to worry about that too much. Good to hear. Because yeah. I don't subscribe to that <laughs> pieces. It's, it's really because they didn't want to call it Roy G. Bop. You know what I mean? They didn't want to call it purple. They just felt the need to throw a vowel in there. So like indigo and then Roy G. Bai. I'm like, well, that's. Oh God. All right. We'll add a V. Yeah. Roy G. Biv. There you go. I think that's, that's a some bullshit. social justice group on a college campus. Roy G. Bai. <laughs> See. <laughs> so, okay. So look, let me, let me get into this because I, I had my suspicions watching the episodes. I'm watching them and I'm going. There's no fucking way, based on what's occurring in these episodes, there's no fucking way that they would let anybody watch these in any order they want. I'll just tell you right now, there is a correct order to watch this show. There is absolutely a correct order. Okay? So you watch the the episode where everything happens first. Don't watch first. You watch the events that happen secondly, second, and so forth, right? Right. Could you, well, yeah. oh, could you imagine these generally no, how it goes? I think, I think the correct order to watch this isn't necessarily linear, oh my but God. there is a correct order to watch this, and uh, I also don't think Netflix picked the right order. But the, a journalist did some, some, uh, some questionnaires along Twitter and with their friends, and they found that the random order is not actually random. There are a few variations. <sighs> But it's not purely random. Okay. Well, isn't it isn't it the case that true randomness isn't possible, right? Like, isn't that kind of a isn't that a science thing? Isn't that a science yeah? Debate? There's something where like you can't actually ask a computer to give you random. They can't do it. Right. So they have to come up with like a convoluted formula. I right, think because they they can only right imitate they, randomness. Yeah. Right, because they can only spit out what you put into it, and nothing that human beings beings design lacks intention. Mm. So that's why, like, if you see like random number generators, sometimes they'll advertise like this is determined by the speed of winds in like Buenos Aires or something. <laughs> like, sure. it's always very specific, like you need natural phenomena. <laughs> yeah, it's even even rolling a die is not random because the the where the die is facing when you hold it when you let go how much when force none of it's random also, the There's, divots on each side right right all factors controlled you could reproduce the result exactly the same every time that's mm-hmm. the bottom line right right so random does not truly exist right neither does free will but that's another conversation listen oh to two God. cents if you want more on that topic are you still hung up on the whole free will shit <laughs> every day of my every life, day man. every day <laughs> this this article from mashable they're talking about how 
almost everybody they interviewed started with either yellow or green, either one, followed by, in any random order, blue, orange, or violet. Mm-hmm. Those three could be swapped around. Followed by um, red, then pink, or pink, then red. Pink ain't on followed the rainbow. It's, it's not a rainbow. It's a kaleidoscope. Yeah, that's true. Oh, right. Yeah. It could be whatever color it wants to be. <laughs> My apologies. <Yeah. laughs> what? And then white with last. My, by the way, because I... Also white, not a color. That's true. Right. 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 Hmm. The moment this dawned on me is when I watched pink, though, last, or second to last, because, spoiler, I'm going to put huge spoiler warning out there for anybody who is dying to watch Kaleidoscope. <laughs> Adam, what are the odds that you watch that show in your lifetime? Uh... <laughs> Negative input. <laughs> I got a question. I like, think, yeah, you got a four oh four code of you. The moment where I watched Pink and every single character died, <laughs> I oh. went, "Yeah, if I watched this first, that would have been a real great Fuck viewing it. experience." <laughs> no, but I like this is this is this is a that con- sounds kind of sick though, dude. Like if one guy was watching the show <laughs> and he knew <laughs> you're talking at the water cooler. How many episodes of Kaleidoscope are you into? Just one. <laughs> no, but then, um, and then white, you have to watch white last, but I'm going to tell you, white sucks. It's not a good episode. <laughs> it's the episode of the heist. They they build up to this heist the whole time. The heist sucks, dude. It's not interesting. It's a bad heist oh, for a boy. heist show. It's a pretty shitty heist. Yeah, don't underestimate how difficult it is to stage a good heist. You know, Soderbergh did it so many times and everyone just thinks they can, oh, it's nice, easy, breezy. We'll put some freestyle jazz underneath it and a couple uh, a couple swoosh pans and you're all set. No, it's hard to do a heist. Yeah. That's a good movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good Ocean's movie. 12, totally agree. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ocean's 13 a lot more than Ocean's 12. That is uh, sad. I I don't think it's that sad. Yeah, I will watch Copenhagen Cowboy, I think, 20 times before I see Kaleidoscope once. And you know me and my thoughts on Refn. Yeah. I need to watch that, I think. I think I need to do it. You do? I think we need to do it. You want to? Not so much want to. I just feel like I have to, you know? You don't have to. You don't have to watch anything, Nico. Here's my, my philosophy now. And I felt this way about no bomb box white noise, and I feel this way about Copenhagen Cowboy or whatever. Like Netflix has continued to tighten the the vice grip mm-hmm. on artists in Hollywood the last few years because they realized that their business model was not sustainable. And I feel like any time Nicholas Winning Refn can stage a kaleidoscope esque heist of Netflix's vaults. And steal money to make his slow fucking neon passion project. <laughs> like I feel an obligation to bask in the glory, you know, to bask in the <laughs> in the in the trove that he just that he just uh, stole from them. Don't you, know? you need to watch Too Old to Die Young first? Yeah, I need to do that yeah. too. But that's Bezos money. That's a little different. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird where, like, on one hand, Netflix is producing such some of the shittiest shit out there, but at the same time, they are keeping the the money flowing to artists that otherwise would not get any money at all for their projects. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. it's sort you know, it's sort of this weird dichotomy where I want to hate them, but I also really want to support them. Well, I didn't watch White Noise, and I don't know if I will. Uh, you should. Yeah. It because it is a uh, interesting artifact of I think a a uh, a streaming era that is about to end. For the record, I don't <laughs> think that I don't think they're going to keep doing that going forward. You don't I, think they're going to keep giving no. money. Because here's what here's the deal. They were trying to win that fucking Best Picture Oscar is what they were trying to do. 
Uh, and don't let anybody fool you. Don't be like, ah, we're trying to protect the fucking cinematic experience. No. They were trying to win the Oscar, and they couldn't do it. Roma lost. Mank lost. Marriage Story lost. All these movies Power lost. Power of the Dog lost. Power of the Irishman. Dog lost. Uh, yeah. Irishman, oh Irishman lost. All that shit. And Apple just moses on in, just <laughs> drops a couple mil on a fucking deaf girl uh, uh, teen drama. <laughs> She's not. Yeah, deaf, that, movie but the is. that movie rules. That movie does rules. not. Rule. Just sprinkles a couple Coda's bucks great. on Coda, and it comes in and crashes the party. And they're like, "Oh, what's the fucking point?" I think they realized the same thing that we all realized at, at a certain point in our lives is that the Oscars are stupid and random, and it doesn't matter how much money you throw yeah. at the problem, you can't do it. And uh, so I think they're done. It was just the fact that of all that the movie, the movie that kicked their ass so quickly was Coda. Like if it was anything else, right. I would have been like, yeah, no, maybe that movie deserved it. But the fact that it was fucking Coda. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? And then it was Tim Cook, too, who's just like, eh, let's throw a little bit of money just to, you know, as a promo to put on iPhones. Like, right. they don't seriously care about making movies or TV shows. I wonder, if, I wonder if Mr. Oscar sat down Mr. Netflix and just told him, listen, sir, we're never going to give you yeah. this prize. For the right. record, I'm happy to see Netflix crash and burn in a mm. fiery pit of blaze. But like, I don't. <laughs> but you I don't know, know about that. no, I'm I'm more than content. I I would I where would, will Dave Chappelle go? I yeah. Mean, I, <laughs> oh God, good for your question. He'll come to Hartford. <laughs> He'll come back to the open arms of Hartford, Connecticut. I'm that desperate, guys. <laughs> Oh uh, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, this has been a fun segment of Nick watches TV. A- anything else, Nick, that you wanted? To... Oh, you're you're into Succession, right? Oh, Emmett. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. Right. So deep. Did you watch Slow Horses season two? I did not. Well, you can't this year. You're only watching '80s shows. That's you got to wait a year. Right. <laughs> Have you only been watching '80s shows? That's what he said, right? Oh, that was Nico. his New Year's. So I guess he can't watch Slow Horses season two until Slow Horses I'm season three comes out. I'm not watching '80s shows. I'm watching shows that were on before the year 1980. Well, oh, okay, 70s shows, 70s, 70s 60s, 60s, 50s, 40s. Can you watch that 70s show, or does that not count? Does not count. Okay. Have you made it to Bachelor Father yet? Uh, not yet. Oh, come on. Have dude. you realized that those shows are not that good yet? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Because I put on the Twilight Zone last week. Oh, give me a and break. just You're let not, it rip. We're not talking about the Twilight. I Zone. just <laughs> let it rip, and it was um, glorious. Let me Guys, know how you like Dallas. Let me know how you like Dallas. Yeah, I was gonna say, give Dallas a shot. Fucking, hey, hey, what are you ragging on Jr. for, dude? Relax. Yeah, yeah go watch it. Yeah. I will. All right, good. And I'll enjoy, and I'll wonder to myself, man, how'd this guy w- get shot? I can't wait And I won't until... have to wait three months while the show's on hiatus. I'll know right away, because I'm binging it. <laughs> I can't wait till he comes on the show and he goes, that ending, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it really did it for me. It's one of the worst endings of all time. <laughs> let me just let, let you guys in on a little secret here, man. The 70s uh... was a cool time. I just, I <laughs> recommend everybody get back in the time machine with me. Watch some fucking Columbo. Are you aware that Steven Spielberg directed the first episode of Columbo? I've because s- I wasn't until I've, I watched it. I've seen it. I've no, that's a and it rules. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. Yeah, why? Everybody well, knows that, Nico. 
While you're doing that, can I get your Apple TV login again so I can watch Slow Horses Season 2 uh, and enjoy quality? May. Yeah, meanwhile, I'll be paying for all these streaming services and not right. using them. Right. <laughs> you'll just be you'll just be going through HBO Max's like archives. Yeah, just so just so Nick can watch Loki Season 2 oh, on Lord. my dime. <laughs> Loki. I think I use my mom's account for that one. Oh, Don't worry. All right. Good yeah. to see your equal opportunity movie. <laughs> My name on there is I am Mooch with the Groot image. Oh, I use that one all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's the account I'm that Adam uses. I'm of that one right. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm a streaming dealer. That's what I am, dude. I'm just I just get people hooked on the binge. I am into this New Year's resolution. I because here's here's what I was thinking, right? Like we talk about movies, classic movies particularly in these glowing ways and we make lists and we look at the, I mean, we're going to do it today. We're going to talk about a movie from 1981 and talk about it in the context of that era and the various careers of its stars and its directors and the behind the scenes of the Hollywood drama and TV shows. You don't have any of that. There's no like rank the top five TV shows of 1992. You know, no one's looking back at Emmy winners and debating who, who won best comedy that year. Like there isn't that, uh, for some reason, there is not that historical appeal that movies have. Because it took a long time for TV to get really good. Yeah, well, I. but that's the thing, and that is where you are wrong, my friend. Everybody was like, TV sucked until 1999, and I don't subscribe to that thesis. Seinfeld even made a joke about that. <laughs> they made a joke about how sitcoms were trash until T- they started TV. being good. Yeah, TV kind of also had a different goal. Like, yeah. TV was an advertising platform. Yes. Like... Much more than movies were. Yes. I think that's really what it comes down to is they're a bigger, also they're a bigger commitment, but they, uh, they're there to sell products and or film is a little bit more of an art. I mean, at least, especially back then, maybe today you might argue it's it's flipped a little bit. A lot of it. It it would a lot of it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I don't, I don't buy that. I mean, I, I understand why on its surface. Yes. The Sopranos is technically speaking, a better show than Magnum P.I. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. But there's a lot of great stuff if you kind of sift through the 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 rubble. And I don't know. I, I like, I think I'm going to watch uh, The Prisoner, the old uh, British uh, drama from the 60s. Might watch the original Fugitive. Oh, yeah? Yeah, might just... Uh, what about My Favorite Martian? Have you kicked on some My Favorite Martian? I have not yet, Ooh. but that that bewitched. I always see on Peacock. No Bewitched? I'm not a big Bewitched guy. Yeah. Um, I, I watched a lot of I Dream of Jeannie when it was on TV oh, when I, like I was a I kid. Oh, I like I Dream of Jeannie, yeah. But I love Lucy. Everyone's Lucy, the, the he got best. Love, yeah. 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 Of course. My grandma used to watch that all the time. I would go upstairs. Yeah. She's watching Lucille Ball. I'm thinking I might just do MASH front to back, although I've probably seen most of it in you know in, in not the correct viewing order but maybe i'm going to sit down and just like track the dramatic art of uh of mash nico likes tv guys i don't know you guys just seem jealous man you guys seem jealous, jealous. as you're oh watching my. fucking uh, the giancarlo esposito heist show in, oh my in, god i'd rather be doing random any, order anything else thank you <laughs> No, thank Join you. me. I got to get this going. Dude. I got to get this trend going. Maybe I should get like a TikTok and get people into it, you know? Good luck with that. Anyway, welcome to the show. Hello. This is why is this? Hello. 
I had to I had to air that dirty laundry. These TV shows they've been bothering me. <laughs> that was a long TV conversation. Yeah, Jeez that's Louise. the last of that for for the whole year. Um, guys, we decided this week just to check off a big fat box. Whoa, that was I came out wrong. Um, <laughs> phrasing. We decided to <laughs> cross off a big juicy. Uh, um, Juicy. <laughs> we decided to watch Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest, the cult film from 1981 starring Faye Dunaway about the life and times of <laughs> Joe the Crawford. Life and times. Life and times <laughs> the huh? good old times. No, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I we were know. talking about what movie should we do, and this is one that I think we've been circling forever. It's one of those. You know, iconic Razzie winners that yeah. in its time was misunderstood and then was sort of, uh, you know, reappreciated as sort of a campy melodrama. And but it, it is still really fascinating. There's a lot of literature, a lot of scholarship written about this movie. The the research. I, I, I don't know, Nick, if, if you read into it at all, but I did. There was a lot of fucking shit about this movie. It's also a an interesting time capsule of two time periods, both the time period when it came out and the time period that it is taking place in. Right. Yes. Which is fascinating. Yes. Huge story about movies, about Hollywood. Right. And also this incredible parallel between the character that is being portrayed in Joan Crawford and the actress that is portraying her, Faye Dunaway. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, how separating them is just the 70s. You know, like you have Joan Crawford, who is a huge pain in the ass, to put it euphemistically, in her time in the old studio system right after silent films and as talkies were sort of becoming big. And then you have the 70s where method acting took over. And then on the other side of it is the 80s now. Faye Dunaway uh, goes hella method here and is, you know a difficult figure in her own way. And I think they're both on their own bullshit in different, but I think parallel kind of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This was, uh, have you seen this movie before? No. Okay. Yeah. I'd seen it before. <laughs> uh, at the behest of the internet, funny enough, cause I was told that this is like a, a really, really bad movie. Mm. Um, it, it is. And, uh, as advertised yes yeah it's it's because i was i it's it's funny when this happens too because it's you know i i'm, I'm always trying to square like going into it how, how am i going to react am i going to think it's crap or am i going to appreciate it from the cult standpoint that a lot of the internet seems to appreciate it from or is this really just like another bonfire of the vanities or something like that where it's like no it just flat out doesn't work and that's that i mean i'm not sure the behind the scenes drama are quite as crazy as that movie but you know i i, I am fascinated by movies like this that they're, they're not it's not really plan nine from outer space that just technically doesn't work across the board in any conceivable way it's like all signs are pointing to you know with, with every with everyone involved all signs are pointing to uh, a positive outcome right there's no reason why this shouldn't work but for some reason it just doesn't mm-hmm. i didn't I, I don't i mean i don't like this movie of course, but um, <laughs> it, it but I, I guess I mean I can't really watch it as like uh, you know as pure entertainment. I'm watching it now just like from a vast distance to be like, wow, look at how amazing this. Tra- I guess I'm not sure it's a train wreck, but like, is it all? Is it? 
does this movie come crumbling down because of the performance and 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 nothing else? I mean, the script's not very good, but I think most of it does hinge on this performance. I okay, I disagree with that. I don't. Well, okay, let's rewind a little bit. <laughs> a little bit like a car crash in slow motion, though. Is it a? Tra- I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yes, I, like homework. Yes, I really. Yeah, like I would say. To me. Yeah, yes. I, I rewatched it and it still felt like homework. Super yeah. enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. Purely because of Faye Dunaway. I mean, there's not much else fun to be had here. It's not a good performance. No. It's quite bad. The Razzie is earned. Probably should have gotten (laughs) more than just that, (laughs) if that is even possible. Well, I guess she did in the ensuing years because her career really didn't recover from this. No. Uh, Yeah, I looked at the IMDb, too. It's like, it's rough. Like, she was like the villain in Supergirl a few years later. I looked at that, too. Oh, no. She eventually stars in The Bye Bye Man. You remember that piece of shit? From a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, that was, yeah, that was many, many years later. Yeah, but uh, yeah. the 80s career, and I mean, she ended up doing Barfly, the um, Bukowski uh, biopic. I think it was in 87 or 88. Um, and, you know, that that was a critically respected movie, and she's good in it. But, yeah, it, it was rough. Uh, I don't want to pin it all on her, though. Let's not underestimate how shitty the movie is in general. It like, is shitty. Let's not downplay but- how bad the script is, how bad the direction is how bad the entire premise of the thing is um, and how unseriously it expects us to take the story, you know? Unseriously, you think? I I mean, dude, this movie starts with a five-minute fucking, like, montage of Joan Crawford starting her day and you don't see her face. It it doesn't help that it tries to be a narrative based off of a memoir. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's also so bizarre that it's a true story, too. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's a whole other question. True in, in big air quotes, but... The idea that you're playing around with the myth of a real person that just died a few years prior. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like this Rocky Horror Picture Show style, so uh. bad it's good, camp exercise. Like, it's, <laughs> it's really insensitive towards it, all, all players involved. Yeah. You know? But I've never found it that funny. And I've I find never, elements of it very funny. I, God, there's one smash cut that's hilarious. And it's towards the end of the movie where she's in the apartment with her husband and she's just and they're just like, we're going to make this apartment and it's going to be great. And he's just like, OK, honey, we'll make a great smash cut to the board. He's we're very sorry for your loss. <laughs> <Mr. Joker. laughs> that was funny. We'll find a solution. You love a challenge. <laughs> OK, pal. Ms. Crawford, the condolences of every person at Pepsi-Cola are with you. I find performances like this funny. Yeah, like, I find I, big performances. Faye like yeah. Dunaway herself said that she was upset that the director wasn't experienced enough to recognize overacting. Right. She wishes that... <laughs> so she literally says that the director didn't do his job to tone her down. Oh, to rein me in. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, that's such bullshit. The, okay, the Dunaway <laughs> thing is really interesting. That's such bullshit. So here, here's the story. Way to, to overcompensate, you idiot. So to put it... To put it in as few words as I can. So, Frank Carey. you fuck. I, anyway, I need a horse tamer to, to make this make my movies good. Yeah. I need you to. Such bullshit. I hate that. So, Frank Perry uh, was like a, mostly a theater director before doing this. He did a movie called David and Lisa from the 60s that ended up getting an Oscar uh. nomination. But, you know, mostly just a hired hand, not like a real like auteur. 
in in like the seventies new wave sense. Um, so he's brought on to do this movie. It's it's based on this memoir that had sold a bunch of copies, and it was a real sort of chaotic process even getting the movie funded and the script in a spot where everyone was happy. It was like uh, it, it there were several drafts written over and over and over again, and in fact, uh, Christina um, uh, Crawford herself says that she had nothing to do with the production of it. Again, that's sort of take it with a grain of salt. But when she ends up selling the rights, requests that her husband at the time be brought on as a producer to be her advocate, essentially, and to, you know, make sure that her story is being told faithfully. This man had never produced anything in Hollywood in his life. (laughs) It is his first and last producing credit. Faye Dunaway gets wind of this and is like, well, wait a minute. I think I should have a fucking producer of my own on this project. How about my boyfriend, who, again, has never produced anything in his life, first and last credit? (laughs) Seems like a recipe for success. So you you got the two significant others on set now fighting with each other because Christina's advocate was like, you're being too sympathetic towards Joan Crawford and Joan Crawford or, and, and Faye Dunaway is like, well, I got to get into the character of Joan Crawford here. I'm going method and I want to find, you know, sort of the reason for her madness that I want to get inside the psychology of this monster. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm, I'm saying uh, earlier on where it's like the movie can't decide if it loves Joan Crawford. Right. Or it really fucking hates. Joan so you Crawford. have this tug of war it's, going on. Yeah. In addition, Faye Dunaway at this time notoriously hated in Hollywood. And she's coming off one of the great runs. I mean, she did fucking Chinatown, oh, won the, the, uh, the, uh, Oscar the Oscar for Network, for Network. Yeah. had an amazing 70s. You would say she's one of the five best actresses on the planet at the time. And she's coming in here with this horrible reputation. Betty Davis, who oh, yeah. is notoriously Joan Crawford's biggest adversary. They made a whole miniseries about it for FX a few years ago called Feud, Betty versus Joan. Betty Davis herself was like, you know, I don't like Joan Crawford, but my least favorite person in all of Hollywood, Faye Dunaway. <laughs> so think about that reputation. She's coming in here. Her co-stars, the co-star that plays Carol Ann in this, had worked with her on Broadway before. Mm. She was like, oh, fucking Faye Dunaway. She's always screwing people in the rafters during rehearsals. She's a drunk. She, always, she tr- treats everybody so She's poorly on set. Right? She it comes- sounds like she didn't need to go method. No. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Get this. She had an adopted son, an adopted son who she was lying about being her biological son. Oh, my God. Whoa. So she had all this baggage with an adopted son as she's getting into character for this movie. So she's playing herself. It's this unbelievable meta casting. <laughs> like, she's almost more difficult on the set of this movie than Joan Crawford was to the real Christina Crawford. <laughs> she actually gave the kid on set of this movie bruises. Really? And cut her with the scissors. Ooh. She pierced skin. Oh, my God. She's Damn. a crazy woman. Damn. Damn. And even Betty Davis was like, yeah, man, she, Joan Crawford, uh, God rest her soul, didn't fucking deserve that. Oh, my God. Think about that. Uh, well, she's pretty good in network, you know, though. She's great in network. She's, she's really, fucking she's really good in network. network. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. <laughs> oh, I, boy. I, um, I know we're going to probably get into the plot at some point here. I don't know how important it is, but 
the even the ending of this movie yeah. is confused. <laughs> Fuck this right? ending. I because, hated it. Well, because okay, so the ending is obviously uh Joan Crawford dies and it's her two children, Christina and her brother, are um at they're speaking to the the guy with the last will and testament, and he reads to my children, I leave nothing, and they know exactly why, mm-hmm. essentially. And Which is the, a line from the memoir, by the way, and it's a line that Christina Crawford would all, often bring up in interviews. Yeah. What the movie does not rec- recognize, though, is that there were two other adopted kids mm. that are not even mentioned that did get a piece of her money. So late in life, Joan Crawford viewed the actions of the older two as deceptive, and I guess she felt the need to take vengeance on them so it's right. not that she just didn't leave her money to anyone she specifically left it to two of the kids and with right it. so but, right there it's like there's more to the story than meets the eye mm-hmm. but that's not even the part that specifically that i find the issue with so afterwards the son goes she always has to have the last word huh as usual she has the last word <sighs> does she and obviously the intention there is to say that Christina wrote the memoir right yes in revenge right yeah which just... immediately casts doubt on the story right but that's the story this movie's based off yeah. of <laughs> so you just spent 2 hours shitting on uh Jane Crawford only to end the movie with us doubting the entire movie yep <laughs> like it's character assassination only to end with this well then maybe everything's wrong but it's well, but I, so that you think that shot implies that she's making it up to get revenge i don't know if that well my it could my takeaway certainly casts doubt it definitely it appeared a bit devious right it's true <laughs> well it appeared de- you almost expected her to look directly into the lens of the camera right i was waiting right. for that I was excited to be like, I'll write this movie. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> it'll it, make her look horrible. But that that's that's the problem. No, it's it's really misjudged. I don't think the movie's intention was for you to be like, oh, wow, well, maybe Christina was wrong the whole time. I think you want right. to be like, fuck yeah, Christina. Right. Write your memoir exposing how much of a shitbag she was. But I think every everybody must have been like, you're, you're writing a memoir out of spite? Really? Right, exactly. It, just, it got the tone all wrong. Yes, completely. Can I, make, totally Can I make one quick point? Yes. And stone me if you must. But one of the reasons why this movie doesn't work, Christina's a fucking little imp, dude. <laughs> My little imp. Christina sucks! <laughs> She's awful! Oh, no. Uh, She's a terrible kid! Yeah, I was gonna say kid. Okay, she's a kid, though. She's like... The, the the punishment is not equal to her crime. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying she's annoying as all shit. That's all. Okay, okay, but she's a kid, and she's like, I'm Eat gonna hang up my. Meat, you, you I'm gonna hang up my dress, and then her mother destroys the house and beats her with a coat hanger. Hey, hey, hey I don't know, minute. buddy. Wait a minute now, Nick. Wait a minute. Yeah, we're not there yet. I totally agree with the fucking wire. Oh, you do. Hanger. <laughs> I don't agree with how she expressed her opinion. Let's be clear. Perhaps could have used a bit more diplomacy there. But, I mean, fuck wire hangers. They stretch out your outfits. 
Okay, I totally yeah. agree. I guess we sure. can't. Like, we can't argue against that point. I mean, we? plastic over wire all day, every day of the week, twice on Sunday. No question. Nah, she's a little. She's a little twerk. She's just being a kid. I know, but <laughs> I can't just stand being a her. Kid. The so, movie doesn't do a about? good job. The movie does a ask. bad job of helping me sympathize <laughs> no, with her. It does. I'm just the not girl, there. The part, I thought the little girl did a great job of looking like she was walking on eggshells all yes. day long every single day not knowing how to say anything to her mother without bringing her wrath upon her and the girl didn't understand why her mom was angry she didn't yes. get it and yes. i didn't either yeah particularly in the beginning i have no i have <laughs> well, the, the movie doesn't know that either. no 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 but i have i actually one of the few th- like like positive things i'll say about the movie is that i actually don't mind the 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 actresses playing christina really no i don't not, either yeah no not really oh man yeah I, yeah okay no they're I not that i definitely there. hated the kid and the the first half of the movie a lot more than the second half yeah i would agree mm. but but i mean i kind of give her a pass given how you know given the household she's growing up in i would probably not eat that steak too <laughs> uh i don't know it's like it, I, she just sucks she's just not a kid that listen it's not the model that you want out of the adoption agency that's yeah, all but she adopted her yeah like, that's i know her but it's fault. just it just ain't the it's you know a, ain't the cream of the crop she's that's a, all she's a bad product just not much <laughs> she's defective <laughs> i want to return this she's just not really she doing it for me place, you know I mean, as a parent that's so i saved the receipt <laughs> That is so fucked up. That's not, no, it's, no it's, I'm joking. I she's, just, a, she's a fine little girl. Yeah, she's it's fine. whatever. And listen, and the Razzies was way meaner than I was to her. Because oh, yeah. They gave her like a, a a best, a worst supporting actress nomination and a worst newcomer nomination. She's like five years old. For the little girl? Old. Yeah, for the little girl. Fuck they the gave Razzies, her worst dude. newcomer. And I understand like they just gave everybody involved with this movie across the board a nomination but it's not a great performance but like it's not that bad i mean the worst thing about it is when she has to deliver lines that are clearly written for an adult when she says jesus christ oh my god God. (laughs) no go back strap yourself in she'll kill me if she found out jesus christ you're like 10 years old and you're saying you're traumatized saying jesus christ i can't live in this house <laughs> i remember when my 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 lego sets fell over i was really distraught and i was like oh jesus christ the horror the horror mm. oh my god i think she sucks listen <laughs> she doesn't suck she does suck no i mean her, the, the name of the the actress is uh mara hobel and i looked at her imdb she still still does like bit parts on TV shows and she like teaches an acting class in New York and she seems very happy. So I'm, I'm happy her. for her that she rebounded from the Razzie's treatment of her. But she, uh, she's not that bad. Mm, not that bad. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, anyway, Joan Crawford. <laughs> what to say about this woman? OK, do what? we believe? Well, I guess we don't believe 100 percent of what was portrayed here. No. Um, no, we don't. The the aforementioned uh, miniseries feud from from uh, Ryan Murphy a few years ago. <laughs> Ryan Murphy did that. He sure did. Oh it my... is the only Ryan Murphy show I enjoyed. I don't think I've liked another Ryan. I haven't watched Dahmer yet, but gotta gotta see that for that Evan Peters Golden Globe winning performance. Uh, I actually think it... I he's fine in Dahmer, but I, I... also the premise of the show itself is. 
tricky. you're glorifying a, a right. murderer rapist yes, cannibal. That's what he does. Actually, it's I mean, it's actually glorifying him in the show. Right. Yeah. That's what he does, Ryan Murphy. And uh, fair enough. I mean, that's your thing. People respond to it. He has a big <laughs> Netflix deal and people like Glee, I guess. But not my thing. And I felt like Feud was the one show where his style like you can't possibly like uh go over the top with like 50s and 60s hollywood scarlet drama you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like and that almost felt like a more grounded adaptation (laughs) of the material whereas like the oj show for example i didn't see that um people love that show like that to me is just glorifying and tabloid is that a verb tabloidifying the (laughs) You know, a, a story that we had already seen through the tabloids. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of I, I often I often look for more groundedness when I watch Ryan Murphy things because there's like great actors usually involved. Um, and that was the one show where it's like, oh, actually, this feels kind of appropriate for, uh, for, for, for the time period. For his sensibilities. And I will say they kind of address the mommy dearest stuff. There's one episode where they kind of talk about Joan Crawford's kids. Um, Jessica Lang plays Joan Crawford in it and she's very good. Um, and they actually are a little more fair about it and they're a little more balanced. I mean, Christina herself has disowned the movie. She's like, yeah, like the events happened, but there's no explanation of why they're happening. Yeah. It's very just that the timeline of this movie is confused. Mm -hmm. Like it jumps around in a way that is not clever or helpful or it's just confusing and distracting. Right. And they treat her neuroses and her child abuse, essentially, as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) there's not much thought about, like, you know, what is her original trauma? Yes. You know, they I think like Dunaway, when she was doing the movie, had that in the back of her head. But I don't think like the movie ever explains, well, it's actually because she was sexually abused in Hollywood or because she had mommy issues. And this is what she views a good mother as or whatever it's just like no she is a monster because all people that work in hollywood are inherently monsters Mm -hmm. and every once in a while when the cameras are off the monster gets unleashed and it leads to strangulation you know Mm. like it's pure supernatural (laughs) evil at work here yes let me let me tell you um doing research about this movie i came across um two terms for the subgenre that this apparently falls under that are some of my favorite new terms. They're oh, wow. hilarious. Um, okay. They're not flattering. These types of movies are not generally considered good. <laughs> but um, both terms mean essentially the same thing, which is basically a formerly beautiful but now aging uh, woman uh, basically uh, goes crazy and ruins everybody's life around her. Right. Okay. It is uh, and, the Norma Desmond yeah. thing from Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. And this, the two terms that they've used are hagsploitation <laughs> and psycho biddy. <laughs> Whatever happened to baby Jane? Uh, a, oh. a Joan Crawford vehicle, which is what feud is about. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, hereditary hagsploitation, kind of. X from this year, right? Well, I mean, it's no, she's, she's, Mia Goth is playing 
the character, so I don't think that really counts. Does it? Doesn't it have to be like an actual? aging actress because there are a thousand movies about an old lady like ruining everyone's lives but i don't think you'd call those like you know as nick described the exploitation. i think it needs to be it needs to be history with the actress yeah, i see yeah i got you i got yeah. you yeah because i wouldn't consider well would norma desmond what how what did she what did that actress do Gloria Swanson. Um, i guess not she's not even that old. she's not even that old in it no, right that's the yeah. thing well i mean that's the classic 50s you know like Anne Bancroft and the graduate is like nine years older than Dustin Hoffman or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like oh she's this old seductive milf it's like nope not really yeah, no, <laughs> she's just they could have went to college together yeah basically totally normal <laughs> I always, Speaking of which, Anne Bancroft was the original choice to play uh, Mommy Dearest oh my god yeah I guess she dodged a bullet she did I kind of feel like I don't know is the movie better her maybe but the movie needs a thousand first of all it needs a you know it needs a better script that's 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 number one well, with no I faith guess, done away no faith half done. of that nonsense producers situation would not have been there that's a good point that's a good point so instantly a better movie right there right what about i mean the direction's not very good but it's kind of in that like Blake Edwards <laughs> sort of camp where it's like it's not that good but I think if you have a good script it's yeah it's just competent yeah exactly I can it's see not, everything going in the on. way yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah right right yeah. right not getting in the way or anything no no no, so. no. Siskel and Ebert I, I looked at their review and they were I, I kind of disagree with their consensus they were like you know it actually it's a well made movie aside from the performances and I, I disagree with that entirely. I think it's the reverse. I think it's like pretty unremarkable in how it's made and the performances are the only thing that make this thing worth talking about. Yeah, but again, it's like it, the performances still suck, though. That's the problem. They're not good performances, they, but we're talking about it and from a distance that's kind of an ironic <laughs> in a, I think everyone talks about it in sort of an ironic way. No one actually enjoys the movie. Yeah. The wire hanger <laughs> scene. Yeah. No wire! What's wire hangers doing in this closet when I told you no wire hangers ever? Can we litigate this just for a second now? Can, can you guys tell me where you stand on wire hangers? Oh, we want to talk about wire hangers or the scene? Well, I want to, I want to see where you guys stand on them first and then we can move on because I feel like this is casting a pall on this podcast right now. Oh, we, we own mostly wooden coat hangers here. That's right. Um, Damn straight. We have gotten some recently, maybe unfortunately, Amazon Basics, plastic velvet those coat hangers. Those are good. That's uh, wire hangers, yes. I, we do not support wire hangers. Thank you. Uh, I have... uh, at least for not, not for this use. Well, no, no, not for, not for this use. <laughs> Beating your daughter? Beating yeah, your... that's not... <laughs> oh, I meant clothes. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Uh, to answer your question, I have all sorts of wire hangers. I have a combination of wire hangers, uh, plastic hangers, velvet, wooden, all of them. I don't. I'm and not sure. I have. I'm not sure one overpowers the other, though. It's a you're weird, hanger agnostic. I, I you know, it's a melting pot of uh, <laughs> of hangers in my closet. What a beautiful. What a I'm beautiful very melting pot in Harrington, Connecticut. I'm very accepting of all hangers. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing about wire hangers. Yes, you only have them after you like get dry cleaning done, and they just come in the in the wrapper. You know, it's like I'm not like going to the store and buying wire hangers. 
It's like saving receipts for groceries. It's like, why would you keep that? That's just, it's part of the packaging. It's like, do you, it's, ever, do you ever keep your plastic takeout containers when you get food? No. I'm trying to analyze where you're going with this. No, I, I, uh, <laughs> like to me, like wire hangers are they're garbage. They're gar- yes, they're garbage. That's what you're yeah. saying. They're yes. they're they're wrapper. They're, they're gar- uh, it's like why do you save your Amazon boxes? No. Do you save bubble wrap for like you know you don't you won't save these things and wire hangers like they don't belong in a closet. <laughs> they they are there so you can <laughs> transport your dry cleaning from oh. the dry cleaners to your home in the backseat of your car. Yes, I guess so. Right. Mm. Makes sense to me. You're looking at me like I'm crazy, right? And thank you. A little bit. Just never thought of it in this way, but yeah. You never you never save a pizza box so you could uh make a new pizza and put it in your fridge later. <laughs> you never reuse your pizza boxes <laughs> or keep the little plastic <laughs> tables in the center of the pizza box. <laughs> so like uh <laughs> so some crickets can dine yeah in your basement. <laughs> you know you can still go to a store and buy wire hangers. Can you? Is that a fact? Yeah, I believe you can. Prove it. I keep I keep to... all of my mouthwash containers so that I can, when I buy a new mouthwash, <laughs> I pour it into the mouthwash container and then I throw out the one I just bought. I reuse the mouthwash that I wash my mouth with. Oh, you just I'll spit it right, spit back, it right in. back in. I'm not sure. You gotta that... milk that shit as long as you can. I'm not sure this is an equivalent, but okay. Um, I, my my question, Nico. I'm trying to figure out. I, I am seriously trying to figure out where you're going with this. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just making a point. No, but are you gonna try to say like maybe Joe Crawford was somewhat justified? I agree with age. the premise of her argument. <laughs> That's all. Okay. I don't condone the actions. All right. Her argument being, I buy you all of these nice clothes, and you hang them up with wire hangers as if they're rags. It's disrespectful. Thank uh, you, Nick. I see. That's that's Thank her argument. You. And then she proceeds to beat her daughter, take all of her clothes, throw them on the ground, go in the bathroom, throw everything everywhere, beat her daughter with a can of baking soda, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and then scream at her to clean everything up. Yeah. To which her daughter goes, I don't understand, Mommy. What's going on? And then she begins to beat her. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> That's where Nico stands on this. Is he's, if you use wire hangers, you, you're asking. You had for it, it coming. You, know? <laughs> right. you had it coming. Listen, they had it coming. <laughs> She's a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> that Albert Fish which, is a real which jerk. Which one? Which one? <laughs> which one are you calling a jerk? I just want to be clear. The gray man. <laughs> the gray man. <laughs> Killed and ate him. <laughs> Fish was finally arrested, and he immediately began confessing to killing seven hundred children. Get out of here! Yes, and he was he was dizzyingly happy about it. Smiled as he described the grisly details of the tortures and the murders, appearing to the detectives. And one of the detectives said he appeared as the devil himself. I mean, uh, this Albert. The, I mean, this guy was a real jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) She's a real jerk. (laughs) I don't agree with her parenting style. But you would. But the philosophy is rock solid. (laughs) 
That's all I'm saying. You're saying just ground the kid. At least she has an ethos. <laughs> Deprive her of, like, her next meal, basically. That's what you're saying, Nico. Oh, my God. Even that's cool. Have her sleep outside because Listen. she's acting like an animal. By the way, <laughs> why am I so comfortable mocking this movie about child abuse? <laughs> That's kind of the larger question. For some reason, this doesn't ring true the way the Woody Allen shit does. Oh. And obviously, that's a way different kind of accusation or whatever. But it's the one thing that comes to mind because it involves estranged adopted children, right? We've been we've we've been told we're allowed to make fun of this movie though, right? That's yeah, part of the that's point. that's the thing. Yeah. And it but you're of, wondering why we're allowed to make fun of this. Yeah, movie? well, because I think a lot of us deep down probably know that there's a lot of bullshit here. Mostly, it's bullshit. Right, is the thing. So it's like, yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. If if the fucking daughter has disowned the movie, who cares? Yeah, that's part. Yeah, but I think like the story under there's definitely a, a, an element of truth to oh the absolutely story. Yeah, you know, I it definitely feels like things were exaggerated and there's. Obviously, no explanation, but, um, but yeah. Christina Crawford specifically, I read a quote of hers that said, um, my mother should have been in jail for some of the things she did to me. Ooh. Mm. That's pretty bad. I mean, listen, so, she talks about the strangulation incident happening. She talks about the hedge clippings <laughs> in the garden. She did say that her mother never grabbed an axe, though. Never grabbed an axe and chopped down that tree. That never happened. Yeah, oh, that, that, that was shit little, is so funny. That was a little silly. Get the axe. <laughs> Get the axe. Oh, my God. Um, that was good stuff. But she talked about that incident. Uh, she talks, uh, I mean, yeah, she talks about the wire hangers. And she talks about, like, the late night raids. But I don't know. I'm not, Like, I, I don't really know. It doesn't feel, first of all, it feels like the story changes every time she tells it. And, um... It also kind of feels like this memoir was written during the contesting of the will and that maybe, you know, there was some legal maneuvering going on. It, it also, yeah, I mean, you're, half the story is coming from uh, a dead woman. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she can't defend herself. Right. There's no... It makes it feel icky. Yeah. And it, I think Christina at one point speculated that, like, Joan Crawford murdered that husband. The Pepsi. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. So like, there's what? definitely there's some shit in there that's just like wild speculation. You know? Right. What? Also, the only time we see Christina really in this movie is during rebellious stages of her life. Yeah. We don't really see her as an adult um, until the very end. Right. In which case, that's a very short scene at all. We don't see Christina's life. We don't. We only see Joan's life. And Christina being a part of it in a way. She's not the main character. I mean, Joan's the main character in this movie. And I think the movie works a lot better. And is, I, I mean, you can debate how good of a movie it would have been if she were completely honest about it. But let's just pretend for a second that everything we see in this movie actually happened exactly as we saw it. I think it's instantly a better movie if you just focus on Christina. Yes. And just make it all her perspective instead of making it a sort of pseudo Joan Crawford biopic. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, Christine at the end, she's just, like, married to, like, some dude. We don't even know who he is. You know what I mean? Like, that's the time skips don't work. There's, there's, there are sequences. Because there's nothing to ground to latch on to. Th- there's the sequence at the beginning when I knew something was very off, where she's, they're walking on the beach, and she's telling that guy, the lawyer. That Greg. She, Greg. Oh, Greg. 
Gotta love a Greg in movies. <laughs> Gotta love a guy named Greg. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> There's something funny about it. Um, no, but like that scene repeats the following scene, right? Where they're just talking. About, she's talking about how much she wants to have a baby. And then you know, I'm thinking like, why did you have that stupid scene with her walking on the beach talking to her lawyer? Even though you literally repeat the scene with, you know, the, the people, the adoption agency, the following scene. It's just it was just so unnecessary. There's just lots yeah. of stuff like that. Where And, and even then it time jumps, too. I was like, well, I, I, I'm. I could never find my footing at all. There's that one match cut that's pretty good when Christina, the actresses change. Oh, that was a good one. When she goes to the boarding school. Yeah, I I liked that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool. The movie does have some elements that at at least uh, it it feels competent during stretches. Like there's some dialogue, like when she gets in that argument with Greg, although I don't think the scene is very good because I don't know whose side I'm on here. Uh, Oh, you know what I mean? The, where she, when he leaves. Yeah, and she like almost seduces him and there's one, that one good, last time. You know? Yeah, so there's a pretty good line of dialogue where she's like, uh, or where he goes, if you're acting, you're wasting your time. If you're not acting, you're wasting mine. Don't leave me here alone. If you're acting, you're wasting your time. If you're not, you're wasting mine. I'm not acting. I'm not acting. Good night. Good luck. There, there are signs of there are signs of a better movie, and I also think it's a pretty compelling story. It's got well, it might not be a compelling. story. That's the mm. part of the problem with the source material. <laughs> no, but I think yeah. you can kind of you can make a movie about the subtle abuse that a, that a mother passes down to her daughter without it being this. A line: "I am not one of your fans." Mm-hmm. That that could mm-hmm. be a really good mission statement that you could use for a lot of the movie. Um, I like that Definitely. line. Definitely, but uh, and the idea that she's always acting. Too, yeah, exactly. That she can't turn it off. Mm-hmm. There's no cameras in here. I think is something Greg tells her at one mm-hmm. point. Yeah, I, I would. I, I think. I mean, if making the movie the way it is currently, where Joan is sort of the main character and the focus, I would have liked to see more actual moments of love, not just pure acting and then abuse, like. Mm. Because the implication from everybody except for maybe Christina is that Joan did love her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to actually see that. We don't, though. We really don't. I think the housekeeper that inspired the Carol Ann character said something to the effect of Joan never abused her kids. Oh, wow. Anytime I was around. Now, that is something, given what we know about her in the movie, that is something that Carol Ann would say. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I, I sure. don't know. There, there's definitely the truth is somewhere in between. Sure, you know, and there, there's definitely there's something to the story that we haven't been told. Now, clearly, I don't think this woman should have been a mother. Clearly, and I think like the idea of specifically Hollywood celebrities, but like rich people in general adopting kids as a PR move. To oh kind my of, god, I thought of Angelina Jolie and Brad yes. Pitt. Yes, immediately. I mean, that is a tale as old as time, or at least as old as the Hollywood business. Um, so, you know, there there is definitely a weird dynamic going on there where it's like, oh, you owe me something because I chose you. What's the line? Adopted kids are luckiest because they were chosen. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know? Remember what I told you about adopted children? Mm-hmm. Adopted children are luckiest they were chosen. <laughs> That's right. That's like a very predatory line, in my opinion. It, doesn't it sound just like... Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. And there's definitely the like, transactional relationship, I guess, instead and, of a. And I I know people. I know Nick. You know people that have you know that are either adopted or that like went through the foster care system or whatever, uh-huh. and that there's definitely an element of truth to that where these people often feel like they have to hold up their end of the bargain. Or as kids, they were kind of given that message of like, no, this is actually not unconditional love because it's not nature. It is not born of nature. Even though like <laughs> I, I say that I'm your mom and dad, like, no, like I, I saved you. I didn't create you. I saved you. You don't feel that way about your cats. Do you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I love those motherfuckers. There you go. The one of the the scene or moment of the movie. <laughs> They're the best, dude. I love them so much. <laughs> gotcha. No, I'm you not fuck. saying that adopted parents should feel this way. It's an evil thing to yes, to yeah. think. But I'm just oh. saying that is a real it's it a is thing. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it too. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. From some friends. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I think the scene that stuck out to me the most with that, and maybe it didn't to you guys. I don't know. But um, when Christina is an adult, is home from school for the month or whatever, or maybe she's done with school by this point. She literally just says, "You know, I was hoping you could lend me some money just to help me get by," and her mother's like, "No, you got to right. learn to fend for yourself." Yeah, that right there, like. I don't know, man, you chose to adopt a kid like, you know, even if you think she's rebellious or whatever and trying to teach her a lesson, like you're still responsible for that human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't matter if they're over 18. Yeah. Part of the problem too, the movie doesn't, and it's teased at the beginning, like with the swimming lessons, for example, another very disturbing scene where Earth. Joan Crawford just makes her swim laps over and over again, even though she's exhausted. Oh, yeah. again it's not fair you're bigger than i am it's not fair to win twice ah but nobody ever said that life was fair tina i'm bigger and i'm faster i will always beat you but uh she says something in that scene to the effect of like life is short and you have to learn to get what you want you have to be a killer essentially yeah and there's this idea that like joan crawford either as a consequence of her childhood or she was just like born with this this natural kind of drive but you know she has a very specific view of the world and how you need to you need to reach out and take what you want and she tried to instill that in her child i don't think the movie ever articulates though her competence in either the movie business or just in life in general yeah like well, because we see her un- during her decline. Right. Though. It's That's unclear part of it. to me. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, we know the name. She's an iconic old Hollywood figure or whatever. But the movie doesn't really do the work to show you, oh, th- this methodology actually works at achieving what you want. Now, what you want is obviously kind of ambiguous and it doesn't have any consideration for family or loved ones or emotional well-being. Yeah. But, like, her philosophy does get her to the place that she aspires to and the movie just sort of paints her as as across the board crazy you know she does win that award that's probably the she only won. she wins an oscar yes she does so that's probably the only moment where they kind of right illustrate that but it's also the way that scene is done is she's sitting at home and they're listening over the radio and she finds out it's not really as much of a focus or as much of a turning point or however you want to put it. Right. 
Right. Well, it's not like really this moment of triumph. It's just yeah. like, yeah. Well, I finally got it. Another one on the shelf or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. 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 Do we want to talk about any of the scenes in particular here? As you said, Nick, it's not much of a plot. It's just we go through the childhood of this girl who gets abused. When we were talking about uh, Blonde on the other podcast, one of the things that we brought up was um, how, you know, one of the big many issues with that movie is just the repetitive nature of the plot how it's just kind of one scene of abuse after the other and it's all one note and that's just that there is um one scene that i found particularly disturbing i think uh which is one of the closer to the end of the first half before the switch over of the actress who plays christine or christina um the little girl christina is fixing a drink for her mother's new lover and she goes oh this is how i fix all of my uncles their drinks and uncles she means that her mom's boyfriends or hookups or whatever but then um she goes she sees like her mom and the dude are like you know getting busy or whatever essentially and um or whatever the 1981 uh approved version of getting busy looks like on screen sure um but the little girl comes back in the room, watches them, slowly walks in with a glass of water and gives it to her mother. And then she like walks out of the room. And this is like a little girl. And she, I, I swear to God, she's like trying to she's like imitating her mom and trying to be like attractive for this older man and looking at him. Yeah, well, she does that throughout the movie when she gets yelled at by her mom for being too loud in the middle of the day and waking her up from her nap. Mm-hmm. She then begins scolding her dolls. She has to see Mr. Mayor. Today is so important. You are selfish and thoughtless. You must learn to think about other people. You are bad, bad spoiled children. All she's doing the entire movie, the little girl in particular, is imitating her mom. Right. But that version of imitation in particular was very disturbing to me. Yeah, and then girl. to the point where she becomes an actress at the end. Yeah. Right. And still, her mom upstages her. Yeah, that's. I actually do kind of like that scene. That's actually, it's... And that was the thing that really happened as well. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Um, But... Um, the, as, just to explain, the uh, older Christine, I think she's like 25 at this point, she gets a part on a soap opera. She ends up having a benign ovarian tumor. And mm-hmm. she's hospitalized for several days, and so she can't make it to the filming of the show. And, and Joan soap Crawford, operas back then were filmed literally daily, pretty much live. live pretty much yeah. live, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. And put out, I mean, so being out for a few days means your character's not in the show for a few days. Right. So Joan Crawford volunteers to, you know, 40 years her senior, volunteers to play the character for her. <laughs> of a 25 or 28-year-old newlywed. And steps in, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. convincing. Yeah. So. Did we? Did it, also, it looked horrible in this as well. Oh, as pro- I'm sure it probably did in real life. I kind of wanted to seek out the clip if it's if it's available. Yeah, I'm I sure want it's out there. They just announced your mother is going to stand in for you until you're well. Oh. She can't. My character's only 28 years old. Bill, could you? Uh... Could you call? You want me to call Cindy for you? 
Yes. We didn't talk about the scene where she shears her girl. Oh, right. Yeah, it's one the, of the craziest scenes in the movie to me. The haircut. Yeah. yeah. What have you done to your hair? Ow! What have you done to your Tina, what have you put on your hair? What have you I'm done sorry. to this damn I'm sorry. Ow! It was just setting lotion. Oh, Mom, ow! Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't you oh, tell Mommy, me what don't. I'm doing. Don't tell me. Don't. Oh, no! Yeah, I know you look awful. <laughs> you be quiet. Like I was, <laughs> I was like, please don't disappoint me. Give me a scene where you go from one to a hundred immediately, and then she goes from like one to a billion. I mean, that's <laughs> the because prior she's actually very happy. I remember she goes into the room and she's like elated. As I, I forgot what happened. She's got a part. I think. Yeah, yeah, she got a part. And then all of a sudden she's just this like demon monster crying for and and yelling at her daughter and like shaving her head basically <laughs> i saw a great excerpt from a review that said dunaway does not choose scenery dunaway starts neatly at each corner of the set in each scene and swallows it whole <laughs> stars and all <laughs> and that is what she is doing there <laughs> oh my god oh my goodness they did they think they actually cut that girl's hair or was it just a wig uh, no, evidently there was real cutting and oh she sliced. She sliced. Yeah, Dunaway was a disaster on the set of this. Fuck. She, she, uh, when, uh, when, when she would film a really intimate scene, all of her co-stars, if they were off camera, had to turn around and not face her. Nobody on set could look at her while she was performing. Not even the director. Uh, well, maybe the director, but like at least not her co-stars. They had to face in the other direction as not to distract her. Uh, she refused to wear aging makeup, so that's why, like, at the end of the movie, when she's an old, dying woman, she looks the same age as she did in the beginning of the movie. Meanwhile, Carol Ann, throughout the movie, looks like 105 yep. by the end of it. <laughs> you know, but she looks the same age, because Faye Dunaway didn't want to do the makeup, didn't want to look bad. Uh, oh, my God. During the wire hanger scene, she collapsed on set out of exhaustion, Blew out her vocal cords and had to enlist the talents of Frank Sinatra's vocal coach to get her voice back in order to keep the uh, the train moving on time. And you know, uh, the, I, I I I just call bullshit on that. That just sounds like bullshit to me. It's, it's true. I read it on Wikipedia. It must be true. I was gonna say that's a little. <laughs> sounds like maybe her voice was a little hoarse, and she decided to make the filmmakers pay exorbitant fees so she could work with this person for no reason <laughs> that's my guess yeah. she could have drank a glass of water <laughs> just gargle okay. yeah. just gargle bitch <laughs> now i miss the days where polanski was dealing with her oh my god <laughs> could you imagine meanwhile you got jack in the mix do you know she was not kind i mean polanski's his own difficult figure yes but you don't say I, you know i i i, I don't know i'll take adam polanski's <laughs> another a, real know, jerk because he's not, not a great guy or anything but uh <laughs> misery loves company i guess I, um, uh, sure i love the the stories of her pissing at a cup and throwing it in his face or something like that yeah i'm not sure that actually happened but i thought they were gonna make a mini series about the making of chinatown really yeah i thought netflix was working on it because, yeah, apparently that is a real interesting behind the scenes. 
I love a good like the, 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 again there are there are some movies where the behind the scenes need to be made into a movie. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good yeah one. what other what other good scenes were in this movie? Well, there's not many good scenes. Yeah. There was that one scene where Faye Dunaway was on her morning jog. Oh, the way she was running was so funny. She was doing this like punching run. It no, it wasn't even like the, like you're you're going like bionic man. Oh, she, no, she like does a hop though. She. Yeah, she kind of looks like if Gumby was going was running the Boston <laughs> it Marathon. It is the weirdest you know? run I've ever seen. Why? You're, you're right though. She's like punching running. It's yes, with only one arm for some reason. Right. It's a very interesting physical performance she's doing here. It's ambitious. Uh, yeah, Nick. What uh, else did you have? She looks like shit the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. She really does. She looks horrifying in some scenes, legitimately, with her like lotion on her face or whatever. Uh, See, that's like she looks fucking nuts, dude. That's like a good, like horrifying image, though. I actually like that image yes. for like a horror idea. An old woman with facial cream is, mm. yeah, definitely, yeah, it works. That works. But again, it's I'm always gonna... gonna be scary. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, uh, a lot of iconic studio executives are portrayed in this movie, including Louis B. Mayer, <sighs> who Adam and I have great affection for. Based on Arliss Howard's performance in Mank. It's just not as good. It's, you're never going to be it's as good as that Louis B. Mayer. That Louis B. Mayer is perfect. But he shows up at this movie and refers to himself in the, the third person. Yeah. He calls himself LB. Yeah. You'll leave. We have creative differences. We don't want to fight or argue with each other because we love each other. Every studio will think they're smarter than LB. They'll try to finesse me. I just think that's funny. I like when people refer to themselves in the third person. You just reminded me that I've actually seen Mank. Mank rules. Yeah, I guess. I haven't thought about it since I watched it, uh, so I don't know what that says for it. Mank's so good. Mank. Yeah, I love Mank. No one no one likes Mank, I guess, but we like it. No one likes Mank. It's very weird. I just love the name. Mank. I just love the name of the movie. <laughs> Mank. Mank. It is a good one. How did he think that would do well? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, the son is just casually buckled into his bed. Oh yeah, what's that like? They just don't even like acknowledge it. Yeah, um, doesn't when when uh, he offers to help her clean the mess, she goes, "No, buckle back in, buckle back <laughs> in." It's like, wait, are we gonna address the elephant in the room here? You have a little boy buckled to a bed. We straight jacket him to bed every <laughs> night. <laughs> Anywho, I don't got much to add. The movie sucks. <laughs> The movie sucks. I think we did a good number on it, don't you think? Yeah, it, it deserves a lot of the hate it gets, and I don't, I don't see the, I don't see where the cult fandom's coming from. It's not good. Yeah, I think they're a little misguided. There, well, there's a cult fandom for everything. That's something I'm almost more fascinated with nowadays. Everyone's forming a cult over something. Yeah, I, I think gay people really embraced it in the '80s, and in fact, the movie did not do well initially at the box office, and then they realized that audiences particularly gay audiences were really embracing the campiness of it oh. and they ended up changing the marketing campaign so at first it was like straight down the middle biopic about a really serious topic based on a best-selling memoir and then the i think the follow-up poster ended up having the, the tagline meet the biggest mother all capital letters of them all you know so it really leaned into the silliness mm, that must be why everybody involved fucking hates it <laughs> right <laughs> Pauline Kale actually liked it though. 
I'll read you her review. Oh, she declared Faye Dunaway gave, quote, a startling, ferocious performance, adding Dunaway brings off these camp, uh, brings off the camp horror scenes, howling no wire hangers and weeping while inflicting Tina, bring me the axe, with the beyond the crib chest tones of a basso profundo. But she also invests the part with so much power and suffering that these scenes transcend camp. No, like if if this movie <laughs> was not based on a true story and with a more straight horror film with a traditional horror ending, maybe it could have worked. You mean like bit kind of inspired by it, you know, like 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 you know, take reference from this story and kind of just use those elements to make its own original story, or even if just none of it was based on anything true and uh-huh. it was just this similar plot. Yeah, that that might help a little. And just you know, make it, it like a demon infecting her or something, or just make her a fucking lady who's gone off the deep end and right. you know. But like, but people need to die at the end, not just of old age, but like, you know, bring me the axe needs a new meaning. I recommend the film Run for you. That's kind of what this is about. Yeah, I I actually <laughs> thought of Misery. Funny enough, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like exactly the same yeah. plot as Run. But uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I was thinking like the Kathy. Bates campiness only works because it's a Stephen King story. Yeah, exactly. You know, the second you make it based on real life, right? Just uh, you can't have fun with it. But there's actually a mommy daughter kind of element in Run. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, it's like yeah. I'm trying to think like if they made like uh you mentioned OJ earlier. Like if they made a a movie like this about the OJ Nicole's is it Nicole Simpson? Yeah, uh, thing. But he's like, hey, total world. <laughs> and it's like very campy. It's like it doesn't work. You know, it sounds psychotic. It's people versus OJ. It's the same thing. They, I haven't seen that, but. Yeah, no, it's it's good. That show's good. They have done sleazy, ex- recently these sleazy exploitative movies about the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson. Yes, there is a. Yeah. yeah. He, he, or this, like the Dahmer show is pretty no, exploitative no, 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 no. too it's, in it's a way. E- it's like, it's even worse than that though. It's like, like. Yeah, they make it like a schlocky B movie. Yeah, basically. Essentially. Basically. Oh God. Yeah, it's like he, they did it with that. They did it with um, Sharon Tate. Yep. Recently too, yep. and like one other. That got a bunch of Razzies, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That director's only been doing that kind of shit. So. Oh, is it one guy doing one it? One guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm curious. Me too. <laughs> At least when like uh, you know Tarantino sort of delved down that way, he was, I don't know. A little more good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna oh, say that's respect- the word. Yes, good. <laughs> I was gonna say respectful. Weirdly. Yeah. Just whatever. Well judged. Competent. Iconic. <laughs> respectful is well a weird acted. word to use I mean, I don't know. when talking about Tarantino in real well life. Written, but well performed. All those yeah. things. All of the above. Reverence, maybe. Reverence. Mm. Tarantino presented best drama at the Globes. Just trashed Avatar for no reason. He did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Shit on Avatar. Really? What did he say? He was like, he, for describing each of the movies, he was like, Steven Spielberg, Kate Blanchett. I forget what else was nominated. Tom Cruise. He was just like, you know, being laudatory about all of them. And then he goes, and whatever the fucking blue people in Avatar are called. <laughs> that's like, don't act that you don't know what the Navi are called, Tarantino, okay? Um, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, Cameron's sitting right there. Just... Giving him the death stare. I wouldn't. I don't blame him. <laughs> Man, the Globes were quite a disaster, guys. I did not watch the Globes. Man, were they a train wreck? I did not. And watch they were them. on a Tuesday. 
Can you believe it? Yeah. yeah. Train wreck on a Tuesday. It's pretty <laughs> terrible. That's Eddie Murphy destroyed. Still, Eddie Murphy that's, was. That's the only clip I saw. Yeah, that's the same with ever. I saw that. I'm and glad saw... he's back, dude. I saw that one and I saw the the Kihu Kwan uh, acceptance speech, which yes. is just the sweetest oh. fucking thing. Ever. He was awesome. Great speech. Yeah. Great acceptance. He's just going to win everything, every single thing. That guy's like sweeping every award show. <laughs> he is such a dear man. Yes. And he's so earnest. I mean, that was the great thing about that speech. It was so earnest. There was like no pretentiousness to it. But I, when he went up there, I was like, just just mention Spielberg, please. Oh, yeah. yeah and immediately. Yeah. It's like the first thing he does. I'm just like, this yeah. is the greatest. That was kind of, <laughs> it got a little annoying by the end of the show, to be honest with you, because that's what every presenter did. It's like, hey, Steven, what's up? Like, yeah. Well, we Kihu Kwan, it makes sense. God yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, thank you for casting me in my first role. The other thing that would happen is that all the women, they put Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie front row. Oh, I remember oh, yeah. seeing that clip too. They're like, hey, Brad. Yeah, every woman that went up just midway through the speech got distracted. They were like, oh, wait a minute. Brad Pitt's there. What's up, Brad? Mm. Like <laughs> every single one of them. That's annoying. Yeah. Well, I mean, can you blame him? I guess not. Yeah. Not really fair putting those two in the front row, though. How do you expect to focus? Margot Might as well put him on the stage. Yeah. The table <laughs> right on the stage. <laughs> it's decoration. <laughs> They're just eating their steak right, right on the side Robbie's there. not very attractive. I'm just saying it. She's, wow. She's not a very attractive woman, guys. Y'all are crazy. She's ugly as shit. I've never taken a stance on this, Adam. You can't put anything on me. I don't. I'm a married man. I don't take stances on these types of. Are you guys like issues. not allowed? To, like, what are the rules there? Like, are you guys not allowed to like not allowed to say that acknowledge beauty anymore? Is that your well, thing? That, I, I don't. You have to just repress all sexual desire. <laughs> no, dude. It's uh, just it's no. Weird. I don't comment on conversations like this. Period. Like, I just don't. Uh, right. I won't well, even answer that question. Well, that's what you're, that's what Nick's contract says. Mine, on the other hand, says. Yeah. What's up with you? Yeah. What's that nuptial well, agreement? Well, I'm just like? I'm just saying, Margot Robbie is just a hideous, disgusting. A appalling woman really just makes me sick. Yeah, it uh, you know makes my heart sick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, that's it, right? Anything else? Oh, uh, John that's... Waters did a commentary track of this movie too. He did. Man, fuck that guy <laughs> oh, on the DVD release. Hell yeah! Ironically, Waters states immediately in his commentary that he feels the film's reputation as being a cult film is undeserved and proceeds to give a mostly Agreed. straight analysis of the picture as a drama. All right, that's fair. Agree with him for once. But I hate go. that guy. Oh. Hate that guy. I know you do. There you go. AFI said Joan Crawford was the number 41 villain of all time on their heroes and villains list. Okay. They also gave the quote, no wire hangers ever, the number 72 spot on their all-time quotes list. Not bad. I guess that's an accomplishment yeah. for an otherwise shitty film. Uh, all right. All right. Guys, good show. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to bring up real quick here... Uh, John Blood asked Chat GPT, "Would you recommend the Why Is This a Thing podcast? Who should listen to it? Ooh, Would wait. you like to know Chat GPT's answer? Do you know what Chat GPT is, Adam? No. This is the AI bot that can write essays for you. Oh, yes. Is that what that is? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. artificial intelligence is about to replace us. Is that right? And it's very close to doing so. All right. That sounds cool. So just to let you know, we're uh. We are in Judgment Day. And so 
John Blood asked ChatGPT, should I listen? Why is this a thing? The answer, I am an AI and do not have personal preference, but I can tell you about the Why Is This a Thing podcast. It is a podcast that explores the origins and significance of various topics, such as food, fashion, and technology. The podcast oh. is hosted by two friends who bring a lighthearted and humorous approach to the discussion <laughs> of these topics. Which both are the friends? <laughs> two friends. I mean, two friends and a third guy. And just some other guy. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, he said we should make this our uh, description on Apple Podcasts. Like, yeah. Why is food? It, no, it, can't, it can't be any worse. I guess we, you have talked about food in the past. I guess that's not off the table. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.